listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! You're listening to the Animal Party, and it is a party. I just found out this party has snow, but we'll talk about that in a second. I'm going to have on the show today Laura Cook as my guest, and she's talked to us before about all kinds of treatments for people who are allergic to dogs and cats and dogs and cats that are allergic to things and itchy, scratchy pets and all that. But today we're actually going to take a little bit of a journey somewhere different, different for me. And one of the places we're going to go is is to the whales. So we'll get to more of that later when Laura comes on the show. But before she joins our party, I want to tell you this was in the news and it kind of bugged me, especially now, especially now since I've talked with Laura about this and I'm finding a new sensitivity toward the whales and the dolphins. I read in the news that in Los Angeles, the humpback whales have been meeting and, and mating and getting together in Santa Cruz. And that's all great, and there's some beautiful pictures. But the thing is, people are going way too close. I'm looking at a photograph in the newspaper, and I see two kayakers, one with a camera and the other paddling, and they are a couple of body lengths, human body lengths, away from this giant animal. And it's in Monterey Bay in California, this picture. And I just think this is so dangerous. The people could get hurt so easily by the currents, by the water, by the movement, accidentally. But also, they're harassing this creature. This creature has to go where it has to go to feed, to do the things it needs to do. And if every time it goes, it's surrounded by what's almost like a scrum of paparazzi, us humans, you know, just kind of impeding its movement, crowding it and making it impossible for it to do the things it wants to do. It's totally unfair. So they're going to start issuing tickets and they're going to start clamping down on this because they're breaking the laws of harassment of animals that are federally protected. So hopefully they'll do that because I think we all want to enjoy them, but that's what a zoom lens is for. You don't want to get that close. It's not safe for you. And more importantly, it's not safe for them. So I just wanted to talk about that. I also saw something else that was really beautiful story that I want to tell you about before Laura comes on. And and that's this one, a house burned down. The whole house is gone, burned to the ground. The people got out, but it was in Kamloops, BC. And I saw the footage of the man, the daddy of the house, towing with his work boot, towing through the rubble and the ashes as he was being interviewed on camera the day after. And you could still see what looked like smoke or dust rising from this completely burnt down home. And he got all choked up as he said, and we thought we'd find her dead. We thought she'd be burnt to a crisp. And he was talking about his Mastiff, a very big, large, 100-pound dog. The Mastiff survived the fire. The entire house burned to the ground, and somehow, they don't know, they went in after, and they found her. She had burns, and she had lacerations, and she was dehydrated, and she had to go to the vet. But she's almost untouched, and she will heal And she was just in a pile of debris. She must have kept moving. She must have kept her wits about her. But somehow or other, the Mastiff survived. And I'm happy to read that. Happy to see that in the news. So we're going to take a little bit of a turn here today on our animal party. You know, I'm often talking about bad dogs and bad cats and 
how to make them good dogs and good cats, how to adjust our routines and how to train them. Because it's really easy to train a dog or a cat. It doesn't take me more than a few minutes most of the time. But today, we're going to walk on the wild side a little bit. We've got Laura Cook coming to us. And she has some connections to a shamanistic style of study that has led to her ability to do readings of people. And I decided when she told me about it, she said she can do readings that figure out for people what connections they might have to animals. And so right away I thought, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to try this. Because you know what? Most of the time I'm really skeptical about this kind of thing. I'm a Jewish person. I have my faith, my religion, my way of thinking and framing the world. And I mean, I'm okay with other people having their ways, but I'm pretty comfortable with how it all fits in for me at the moment. And yet this, this was exciting to me because I've always felt so compelled by animals and the messages I feel they're sending and the things they need and want and the urgency of their plight. I remember arguing with my father when I was only in grade four, only about eight years old, and he was telling me, you've got to feed the people first. The people are the most important. And I was arguing with him saying, if we don't take care of nature, there's no food for the people. And we would get in these big major arguments, philosophical arguments, because I've always been an animal advocate. And now I thought, well, maybe, maybe I had dogs in a past life or cats in a past life. Maybe there's something Laura can connect me to. And why would I believe she could do this? Well, because I've seen all the itchy, scratchy people and pets she's helped. And I mean, it's overwhelming. They go to her and they are just better. They just don't have those symptoms anymore. And they're happy and they're talking about it. And the pets are no longer bald. I mean, you cannot ignore the evidence. So I went through this reading. And today we're going to have Laura on the show to tell you all about it. Maybe you can think about getting a reading yourself and finding out how you connected with animals. So welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you doing, It's great having you. I hear you've got snow already. Yeah, we got uh, oh, a good six inches this morning, I think. Six inches. Oh, man. We probably won't get six inches all year over here in Vancouver. Six inches in Smithers, B.C., and I bet that's just the start, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're supposed to get um, every day this, the rest of this week, I think, until Sunday. We'll be getting a good uh, 10, 15 centimeters minimum each day. It's exciting that we have a new dog, too, and it's a, I think it's her first winter. And she's what kind happy. of dog have you got? She's a Great Pyrenees cross with a Russian Shepherd. Oh, oh very nice. Outside. Yeah, the kids are outside throwing snowballs for her. And, yeah, Perfect dog like, to be cool with the kids and almost protect them like a shepherd would. Perfect dog to keep the bears away. Have you got bears yeah. in your backyard? Is that your situation up there? Yeah, yeah, we get bears. Oh, okay. get, um, You're really out the driveway. there. <laughs> and there was a grizzly trap um, in my girlfriend's neighborhood about 10 minutes away from our place. So Did they relocate it? Yes. Yeah, okay. they relocated him. But was he a nuisance? Why did they trap him? Um, yeah, they, he was just coming up to the people's houses. Uh, you really don't want that. I mean, no. I don't like unannounced, unplanned visitors, even when they're humans. But I definitely don't want a bear dropping yeah. by. Yeah. Well, no. it's, 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 they're right on the river. We're on a river, too, but um, they're on the Bulkley River, and the bear was, you know, going through the neighborhood quite often. And the mm-hmm. dogs were getting scared. Well, there scared. should be a salmon <laughs> run soon to feed him, but it hasn't come yet. So I bet he's getting impatient walking up oh, and no, down they, the, the salmon, The salmon already came up. Oh, so he's done yes. with that, and he's not yeah. ready to hibernate yet. Okay. Yeah, he was, wow. they picked him up a, about three weeks ago, I think. He, they've taken him up, the, up to the sacred headwaters up the Skeena River. So he's good. But anyways, 
Um, okay, so you do these readings. Yes, you do this kind of work. Can you describe for people? Because I tried to describe it, but it's not so easy to describe. Can you tell them what we're what we're about to describe and show and illustrate for them? And I guess at my expense, I'm laying myself uh, on the line here, but it was a good reading. It was really amazing for me to hear this stuff. It's pretty fun stuff, too, to hear about all of it uh, and to, to discover, you know, just, I mean, it, you may not need, you don't need to believe in it, but it's, it's it, I think it enriches your life for sure to hear about it. it it's, um, I call it an intuitive connection that I have and I can just pinpoint and ask questions and I trust the answers that I get. So I ask questions about any information that we need to find out and maybe if you were an animal in your past life and I always trust these um, these answers that I get. I just get yes or no answers. So I don't, you know, there's a bit of intuition where I see, okay, am I, am I looking at an animal? What kind of an animal is it? And um, I, I just really am reaching into sort of a realm that nobody really goes to unless, you know, you're really connected to it. And there's a lot of people waking up and like, especially in the area that I am, I mean, I'm running into people every day and everyone understands what I'm doing here. Um, I think up north, there's just a lot more connection to your environment here. Oh, that's interesting. And maybe not so much the north part because people are listening all over the world, but the remote part that you're, when you're on the yeah. land and away from the city, because it could be south, it could be west. In, in our part of the world, north tends to mean more country, less people. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, there's, a, there's a very large sort of understanding of it, even in the mental health. I'm working in the mental health industry up here, and um, I'm also uh, touching base with a lot of people in the health industry, and it's very integrated and accepted, and so it's it's not so such a woohoo thing anymore. <laughs> so you know that strikes um, me as making sense because when you think about if you live in a city where there's, for example, a lot of people from the east. Before long, everybody, even the Christians, even the Jews, everybody gets some kind of understanding of karma or reincarnation or something because it rubs off on you. So if you're living in an area where the people, there's a huge amount of people who believe in native folklore and native practices and spirits and animals and all this kind of stuff, transformations, and then it's going to rub off on you, isn't it? I mean, it just makes sense. It's just another way of, of connecting. So, okay, so let's do it. When, when we did this reading, when I've done physical readings with you, like, for example, if I had a cat allergy, which I did, one of the things you do is you will ask my body what's bothering it. What's, you know, maybe it'll show you which cat or it'll say yeah. cats. or the priority, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you start off by saying, is it physical? Is it emotional? And, of course, when it was the cat allergy, it went right to physical. And then you start, is it with the organs? No. Is it with the this? Is it with the that? And finally, my body says, yes, it's allergies. And then, is it hay fever? No. Is it cats? Yes. And then, what would help? And my body starts telling you, by you guessing, and it's saying yes or no, what it needs and what it doesn't need. And I was able to get rid of all these vitamins I was taking that I didn't really need and add a few that I should be taking that I wasn't and change what I was eating a bit and, and get some treatments from you. And bingo, my cat allergy that I had suffered with as a cat expert, and cat trainer, and totally immersed in cat hair most of my life, most days, it was gone, miraculously gone. And so when you did this reading, with the animal past lives, what you were doing, I heard you asking, saying out loud sometimes, sometimes not, you know, and maybe you can sort of explain how it goes for people listening and give me a little taste. Okay. 
well, we, I, I just connect to, um, to, to a higher, I guess, a higher power. And some people call it God or Creator, uh, Jehovah, right? Like, like it's, it, it's a sort of the same common denominator. And when I get that strength, I can feel it, um, you know, make me more sort of stronger. And then I start asking questions and, um, I ask, okay, are we looking at an animal? And yes, it's an animal. Okay. And for you, it was, uh, we started off with, um, I can't remember what we started off with, but exactly, but we worked with that whale. And it oh, we worked with a dolphin first. A dolphin, a dolphin came. Dolphin yeah. The whale was last. And oh, then yeah, there was some kind of dragon thing, which was really strange for me. But the, the dolphin and the first thing you found for me was this dolphin. And you asked if, you know, was it a guide or was it me in yeah. another life? And it said it was me in another life. And I had questions. So I started asking, is it a man or a male or female? And you asked it and it said male. And I said, was it a father? And, you, you know, I was able to ask all these questions through you and find out the answers. How did it die? It died at the hands of humans by a boat, but it wasn't blaming the humans. It was an accident and it was old. And, you know, it went okay through this whole that, yeah. thing. It was just incredible. And it's funny because I don't, I don't normally do a lot of this work. So it's sort of new for me. And you're, you have all the questions and I'm just sort of relaying the answers for you. And normally it's me going in and helping these energies, you know, find out what they need and how to get them to, you know, grow and mature and become their become their ideal so that they're not hurting you anymore, hurting your energy systems anymore. And um, I've, I've done it for a lot of a lot of people, but this is a new way for you. It was like, okay, I want to know more about this dolphin and <laughs> all these questions. And it was a very different way of going about it for me. So, um, Well, it's funny. So I never got the feeling during the reading that any of these things were sort of like baggage on me. I didn't feel like I had to get rid no. of it or, or heal it. No. It was like energizing. These creatures were amazing to me. And then, so the dolphin thing, I mean, I really, really expected you to come up with some kind of feline and some kind of canine in my past, maybe horses too. Because my whole life, that's what I've been doing. Cats, dogs, horses, other animals too. I've worked in nature parks and had encounters with animals. But basically, I'm so immersed in this world of dogs and cats. I thought for sure I'd have been some kind of wolf or fox or dingo or, or fo- something, some feral cat somewhere. Nothing, 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 nothing. As much as I wanted that. Nope, nope, nope. But what you found was this dolphin. And that rang true for me too because... Despite the fact that I don't really get that much time near the ocean or near wild dolphins, the few times I've had the opportunity, I've been able to swim with wild dolphins. And that's not normal. I jumped off a boat and they just surrounded me in a big circle this one time. Incredible experience. And so when you said that there's a dolphin in your past, it was like, oh, that's why. I had them hydroplane, three of them right over my kayak one time. And I know I was saying, don't get too close to the whales and don't crowd them with your kayak. I wasn't crowding them. I didn't even know they were there, quite frankly. (laughs) I was just kayaking in the sound. And what these dolphins did, which I think was intentional, they trapped themselves in a shallow pool. And then when the tide had gone out to just the right amount, they started to race through this pool and then go over the sandbar. They actually flew over the sandbar and then into the water and were gone. And the thing that was so amazing was their speed was so high, they buzzed like a motorboat. And I don't know if it was coming from their mouth 
or I really don't know. There was a whole group of us there. We were on a guided tour in these kayaks in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, across from Sanibel Island, courtesy of Tween Waters. So there we were. The dolphins were flying through the air right over top of us. We heard this buzz, this whine, kind of high pitch, and then it just abruptly stopped. And we saw them all go through the air. We saw the splash of them leaving the water and then saw these dark, beautiful bodies just floating right over the sandbar. And then actually the sound continued the whole time. And then splash, when they hit the water, the sound stopped and they were just completely gone, gone in an ocean. It was the most incredible experience. Everybody around, they were high-fiving each other. I was just sitting there like with my eyes wide open and, you know, shivers. And it was so amazing. And... um, and I had another dolphin experience, too. So we're with Laura Cook. We're going back in my personal life. We're kind of doing a shamanic, intuitive reading. And this is intuitive work. And it can be for healing. It can be for communicating or understanding yourself or what motivates you. And we're going to talk more about that after the break. When we come back, I'll tell you one more real live story with me and real live wild dolphins. And then we'll continue with Laura and let her take us on this journey. Is that okay with you, Laura? Definitely. So then we'll go back and see where I came from. All right, everybody. Stay tuned after the break. We'll hear all about some more wild dolphins on Animal Party. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Is the coast clear? Yes. Let's go. Are you sure they went to Petco? Where else would they go? Oopsie. Hey, calm down. Oh, I smell presents. <gasps> go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of holiday items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Uh-oh. Step on it. Okay. Oh. Not on my tail. <laughs> Pet go. Where the pets go. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, this is Ken Jones from the Prince of Ponds podcast. The frogs are shaking the shakers, the turtles are hitting the slapsticks, and the koi are blowing the trumpets. It's party time here at Prince of Ponds. Out under the swaying palm trees, the pond fairies are kicking up their heels and spinning in delight in the twilight. Here on Pet Life Radio, it's time to celebrate the magic of ponds, waterfalls, fountains, and water gardens at the Prince of Ponds podcast. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Hello! You're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And you're back because you want to hear the dolphin story. I know it. Well, I was on this boat. I was working as a hostess. There was a man on the boat, the person who hired me, who had Parkinson's and needed a lot of help up and down the steps and just with basic things. And he and his wife had this huge yacht. It was someone else hired to 
to drive it and maneuver it and dock it. And uh, I was just supposed to make sandwiches and soup and bring drinks to them and help him with his mobility. So one day we were out in this beautiful area. I'm not really sure where it was, but it was in the Gulf of Mexico and somewhere in southwest Florida. And we were sailing along without the motor, just enjoying the day on this big trawler of a boat, just drifting along. And we saw dolphins. And uh, the lady, elderly lady, got so excited. She started taking pictures. She had binoculars. And she said, oh, just get in. Just get in, Debbie. Just get in. And so I did. I dove right into the water. And I crashed through the water and was down underneath trying to get my bearings looking around. And I was near one dolphin. But within seconds, I was completely surrounded. It was almost like in a basketball game when you're at the face-off with one dolphin and, and the, the whole team is around you in strategic places. It's really, really strange and eerie. And I really, really felt how small and slow I am in the water. Because these things are, I mean, they seem to be about 15 feet. They're huge. They seem to be about 280 pounds. I don't know if that's true. That's what it seemed to me. Huge, enormous, as big as any man would be or bigger. And so fast, almost like a cartoon, so fast. Just gone and then back again, gone faster than my eye could follow. And so they surrounded me. And right away, I had to come up for a breath. So I did. And I came back down quickly thinking, okay, they'll all be gone. And they weren't all gone. In fact, one of them actually swam so that its tail touched my foot. And they started to do things like this, interact with me just a little bit, come a little too close for comfort for me. Even though I really wanted to touch them and encounter them, it was still pretty scary. I could feel my body getting hot. I could feel the coolness of the ocean against my skin. I could just feel how nervous and excited I was. And I was trying to be cool and trying to be calm and trying to hold an extra long breath. And they kept coming closer and closer. And I did take a few breaths, come up and down, come up and down and interact with them a bit. And then a boat came and they all scattered. And I had to come up and get back on my boat and the experience was over. But I often wondered why they let me do that and why they came so close. And Laura, is there something connecting what happened to me before or what I was before with these things happening to me now? I would definitely assume that's what's going on. The, um, I mean, with the shamanic reading that we did, we see all, all water animals in your past lives, right? So um, when I jumped in the water, did they see me as not a human interloper? Did they see me as something familiar as well? I would assume that they're seeing you as your energetic self, right? They connect more deeply than we understand. And yeah, they were probably there giving you messages and connecting with you in another way that uh, you, know, you weren't really aware of. Wow. Oh, I'm going to have to think about this some more, and I'm going to have to go look for dolphins some more. Every year I go visit my mother down there, and I take my kids, and literally every year we see dolphins, whether they swim by us when we're in the water or while we're on the beach or when we're on a boat. Or, but they are very common there still, though, every year, every day, mm-hmm. always. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty strong odds. And then there was the manatee. There's a whole other series of stories where I've swum with manatee and touched manatee as recently as last year. And I don't know what that's about because when we went back in the reading, maybe you can tell everyone how it went, but we didn't see any manatee. No, what, what we, saw, we saw two, we saw two um, past lives. Um, the first one was a dolphin or a, por- mm-hmm. a porpoise, mm-hmm. and it was a male 
and it was in that uh, area, the Gulf of Mexico that you were just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. North America, South Florida, that's where we identified it to be from. And I go uh, back is- there like a homing beacon now, and I don't understand it. <laughs> it's like every year I want to go there. I want to go there. Around January, March. Now, okay, it's miserable up here in the Pacific Northwest, January, March, and it's gorgeous down there. But it's gorgeous mm-hmm. down there every year. I don't know why I always want to go there then. I wonder if that was like... <laughs> Dolphin mating season, and I'm going rhythms all mixed up. It's so funny. (laughs) You're going down to mate. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Lucky people in Florida. Yeah, it might be. I have no idea on the cycles of of their their mating seasons, but it could be anything. But I, I think the big one was with the the second life that we visited, which uh, was the the humpback whale. And yeah, now that that one kind of shocked me at first. Yeah. It was the pod, right? There was, uh, she was a mother. She had four children, I think. She had four babies. She said she had a good life and she was about middle age, so about 30 at the time that this encounter happened. And that's what she was trying to tell us about. You know, when you asked her why she came to us today to talk to me, she had a message for me. I think sometimes the animal you get from a person is not something from a past life. It's something else. But this particular animal, maybe you can explain. Because, you know, you've told me that sometimes it's, it's some kind of baggage a person might carry and it'll mm-hmm. sort of manifest we usually, itself. We hmm. can usually identify itself, like identify it, is it a baggage or is it a, is it a guide or is it a past life or is it an ancestor? Like what, what is this energy and, or form and, and what do we need to do with it? Sometimes it's just a message, and sometimes it's an actual um, a bad form that is in an in, well. It's not a bad form. It's in an immature state, and it's hurting you in order to to receive something that it wants. And that that's something we call a transformation. But that's not what we were work, working on. We wanted you wanted to go in and see what kind of animals you were in your past life. When you found out that I could do this kind of stuff, you were like, "Okay, let's do it." <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, I totally expected dog, cat, wolf, fox. I mean, really, even gorilla would have made more sense to me because I've worked with them. I really didn't think you were going to go under the water with me. I really didn't think so. <laughs> okay, so we did, we got the dolphin, and he's basically telling me to pay attention to to something else, and then we head back. And and we find this whale, and she's got this huge message to deliver. And this is, so she's, I think you told me she is me. I was her. But now she exists independently of me. And her consciousness has this message still that was the sort of consensus of that meeting they had a couple mm-hmm. hundred years ago. And mm-hmm. she wants humankind to know this. So that's why she's, I guess, haunting me or coming. I, yeah, I guess so. That whatever was what you, we were- she wanted us to go somewhere with her. And when we got there, there was a huge pod, uh, like over to over 200 and under a thousand. We didn't identify the specific number of, of whales and it was the Caribbean. That's what I, we sort of focused in on to see it was a warmer ocean and we identified it as the Caribbean and it wasn't a fear thing. Like there was no panic to be seen. It was just, um, that it was a, a very important event where they, they were all just, connecting and and trying to increase the consciousness in the earth and in consciousness of sharing all of our knowledge and i think that's why you were you know (laughs) you were this specific humpback is that they were trying to connect animals and humans in their consciousness which is pretty profound i would i feel it's 
pretty amazing thing to sort of see. In everything that I've seen, I've never seen a gathering of humpback whales <laughs> to increase the consciousness of humankind and uh, the connection between animal races and human race. And she was really determined to take us there. I was trying to ask her things like, how many kids have you had? Are you happy? Did you die at human hands? I was trying to tell her things like, you know, the humpback numbers have increased. And she was pretty driven to say, like, come with me here. See what Mm -hmm. we did. See what we thought. Hear what we thought. This is what you need to see. Yeah. 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 And so we think maybe that's why I do this radio. This message of hers that she wanted everyone to know. That, that mm-hmm. is it, part of me. Inc- and it was an incredible sacred moment in the history of their species. And that's why I think it was, it was, she was just sort of dodging all of the other questions. And we just got right into this area, right into this pod meeting or whatever it was. She wanted so badly for me to understand, but I wasn't able to understand. Like, whatever the subject of that meeting was, you were trying to explain to me that they don't think in subjects. It's not understandable in those terms. It was so difficult. But she wants us to know that animals do have consciousness and that it is shared. And that meeting was to share all the, all the humpback whales of the earth met to share what they knew. That's what mm-hmm. she was trying to tell us, right? Which mm-hmm. is incredible. Which is incredible. Imagine if all the humans of the earth got together for a meeting just to share what they know. I mean, I mean, maybe that's the World Wide Web. I don't know. But it's, it's a pretty incredibly sophisticated concept for a bunch of marine mammals. It's, and, it, and, and it's then, to support the future and heal within the future. Like, that's what the whole part of it was, was, okay, we need, we're going to need healing in the future. Let's all sort of gather and connect and and try to imprint it into... So there's yeah. almost an awareness in them that they will soon become or transform into other species in other lives. It's like mm-hmm. they're trying to reach human consciousness by educating or informing that one whale that then becomes me. It's so bizarre. And then, well, I, would- and then I walk around talking for my whole life long, getting on radio shows and telling everybody animals feel, animals think, animals understand, animals have consciousness. You know, till people want to <laughs> argue with me and fight with me. And then finally, in around, I don't know, the late 90s, they started agreeing with me, but not everyone, still not everyone. And, you know, the idea that you can train with kindness, you, you, it's all about teaching and communicating and the give and take. It's not about demanding and obeying and, and this kind of a thing. And, and so my training style is all based on this connection with animals. I mean, if you love an animal and you respect it and you treat it right and you give it what it needs, it wants to work with you. You're working together. You're not dominating it. That's ridiculous. Why would you want to have something in your life, your house, your bed, your home that you have to dominate? I mean, come on. That life's too short for that, I think. But it's, um, it's amazing that this whale had so much to say. And I asked her, because when you told me it was a humpback, The first thing that connected for me with that is that I'm a singer and I teach singing. I teach kids singing. And so right away I thought, oh, wow, that's maybe why I sing, you know. So I asked her, do you get joy from singing? Because I really wanted to know that about humpback whales. Ever since I saw the, I think it was the fourth Star Trek, (laughs) the one where they bring humpback (laughs) whales back from the past into the future. And they're singing and they're singing and this alien is going to attack the earth if he doesn't hear whale song. And so he finally hears real whale song and he backs off. But that, that whale song, you know, do they do it because they have to? Do they do it because it's just instinct? People argue with me about this with wolf calls and, you know, 
are they really communicating or is it just instinct? Are they just compelled or is there a thought behind it? Is there a choice mm-hmm. in what they communicate? And I argue all the time that this is true communication. This is not a compulsion. It's instinctive to communicate, but they're communicating. Animals are big communicators. In fact, they surpass us. They communicate without words and they communicate cross species and worldwide with their own. I mean, they really are better at this than we are. They know so much more human than we know dog. Uh, you know, so how bright are we? But I really think animals are master communicators. But to wonder, you know, does she sing just for the joy of it? And she said, yes. Yes, she sings mm-hmm. for the joy of it, that it makes her feel good. And I totally get that. When I'm singing with a band or even not with children and we hit the notes right and everybody's really feeling the message of the music, it's so good. It's so joyful, you know. So maybe that's from her. So it was nice be able to thank her and talk to her a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and when we were talking with her about the singing, I liked the what she said that I am singing when you sing. And then so she's connecting with you whenever you're singing. And uh, I think that's part of her her consciousness directly coming out, right? Sort of it's so hard for me to understand that I was her but she's still there. I just mm-hmm. and that she can connect with me when mm-hmm. she wants. I've been studying a lot of um, native stories, and there's an Inuit story about the caribou, and the caribou are moving away uh, and are harder to hunt for this Inuit band, right? And so they go to search for them, and then they discover that the, um, the there's a caribous that are guardians, but they they change into humans. Like they go and they change into humans and then when they need to come up to guard the caribou herds and, and guide them in the proper way to go, they change back into caribou. It's, um, it's like they're, they're morphing into humans and, and back again. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing stories and there's a lot of that. There's also the caribou boy who leaves, always dreams and has these footfall dreams and the family medicine man can't figure out what, why is he dreaming like this and then one night, the little boy wakes up and just walks away, and the family follows his tracks, and the boy's leaving his mitts and his parka, and and, and all of a sudden, they're at the his footprints change into caribou footprints, and then the boy comes back, and he's half caribou, half half boy, mm. and he says, I was a caribou in my last life, and now I'm a human, but my urge to be a caribou is so much stronger. I need to return, and he completely morphs as he walks away into a caribou uh, leader of all the caribou. So it's really amazing when you get into the First Nations and the Inuit stories, and they're, they're beautiful. There's a really neat Haida drawing that's like a whale, but inside the whale is a wolf, and the whale becomes the wolf in their creation myth. And so mm-hmm. I'm, getting, I'm getting this. I mean, here I am called wolf, and I was a whale, and, you know, <laughs> the, the, it's interesting. Like, maybe I got to get a print of that somewhere. Maybe that should be my... My new yeah. art. Oh, it's a nice connection. Yeah. Well, okay, so we have to go to commercial break. When we get back, I want you to tell me about, please, or tell the audience, because you've already told me. Tell us about the dragon. And also, you know, in our reading today, we went over past life animals for me, but there's the other kinds. So let's talk about that after the break. Stay tuned on Animal Party with Pet Life Radio and Deborah Wolf and Laura Cook, my guest. Because the best is yet to come. Stick around. 
It's the holidays at PetSmart, so come one and all. There are hundreds of gifts for pets big and pets small. Toys only at PetSmart so special and new. They'll love the gifts. You'll love the value. Hurry to PetSmart today for your very best friend and save 30 to 50% before the holiday ends. The holidays are just around the corner. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. So shop early and save money. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Hi, my name is Brent Atwater, and I'm the Animal Reincarnation Authority. Join me every week on Alive Again, and let me look at your pet's energy to determine if they're going to reincarnate. I'll be able to tell you when they're going to come back and what they look like. So send me your pet's photo and email me your question at brent at petliferadio.com. I'm looking forward to answering your questions on Alive Again. Every week only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Hello! We're back at Animal Party with Deb Wolf and Laura Cook here. And she's a registered holistic allergist. But today we're taking a walk on the truly wild side. And we've done a reading of my past animal lives. And there was something that showed up that wasn't a past life. And this shows up for lots of people. A guide. So maybe, Laura, you can just tell a little bit, without telling them all my business, maybe you can tell them a little bit about how the guide works and what kind of guide you might see and, and what other kinds of animal, you know, you sort of alluded to the when someone has a big problem or they're stuck at a certain stage of their life, they might have an mm-hmm. animal manifestation. So maybe you can tell everybody about those two things. A lot of the first things I see working with, um, especially clients who are really stuck. I worked in East Vancouver and uh, working within the poverty level and drug addiction level, those people don't have a lot of guides. But I see it with almost everyone. And a guide is uh, a sort of a spiritual support or um, in native terms they see it as an animal that is guiding you through through life and helping you guide. And when you're not connected... Like like a totem? Yeah, like like an animal totem. Okay. Yeah, and, and when you're not connected, then you don't really make the best decisions because you you don't have the support. If you're not in a strong web of a family, then it's harder to make these make better decisions or make stronger decisions or make even just more strong sort of, this is where I'm going, I know what I need, I know what I need to do. And 
when we connect a guide, that's what a lot of people will see is that they feel better about their decisions in life and they feel stronger to say no to certain people or no to addiction. Uh, and it can be very amazing. I've seen thunderbirds as totems. I've seen ravens. I've seen any every kind of animal, wolf. <laughs> but for you, I, I don't think I've ever seen... Um, a, a dragon and you had a flying dragon as a guide that's is, so strange because I don't even I mean it's not something I collect or I, I like unicorns I mean there's other <laughs> things I like that are mythical but I've never really been interested in dragons and I don't know that's kind of strange I've met a whole bunch of little white dogs that look like the dragon in never ending story so oh, I like I that <laughs> oh I love that story too but no uh, so why why would a dragon I guess it was trying to my psyche was did it draw, like, I'm not clear on, is it my brain making that picture to try and make me be tougher or take on some of the traits of the dragon? Is that what that is? Or is it an actual, like, spirit um, that chooses it, it, it was to look more of like a, push. a dragon? Yeah, okay. it was more of a push. Um, it's part of your determination, right? Like, it's trying to affect your personality in that way and, we, and to connect you with that and to really get you going and bring you sort of straight with your align you with your drives and your, your passion, I think. That's what was going on there. Um, I mean, we don't really have to define all that stuff. We just let it happen. Uh, once we connect that dragon to you, you, you can just, you know, go about your daily life and just feel that, you know, he's there or and just, just visualize it every so often. Or even, yeah, maybe find a nice picture of a dragon to sort of help remind you <laughs> that... <laughs> that that part of your personality is being strengthened at this time. And, yeah, so it's pretty deep. It's complicated. Um, Yeah, complicated. Yeah. So (laughs) if people are listening right now and they're wondering about this, what would you say to them? What would make them, you know, want to do this? What's the kind of person that would be helped by this? I mean, besides Um, it just being fascinating, because it really is cool. But besides the cool factor, I mean, you could get this kind of reading for someone as a present, as a gift for the holidays. You can go online after the show, click on Laura and buy it, give them a gift certificate that gets, you know, maybe you've got a hard-to-gift person who who would think this was super cool to have an animal reading. You could do this. But I think Mm -hmm. you also use it to help people, don't you? I mean, you're such a healer. You must be using this. You know, I came to you just because I thought it was cool and I have an animal show. But most people coming to you for this stuff, they've got something they're working on, right? Like, what? Yeah, I I don't normally do animal readings. I can, obviously, but um, what I... And I do I do them for myself and for friends and, and that. But for most of my clients, it's all healing work. And, I mean, I see a lot of allergies in children and um, and adults and severe allergies. And, and it's interesting because you see all kinds of animals there. But I do work with homeopathic remedies and uh, body talk is another of my modalities. But... Um, it's sort of they're all they all need to be sort of considered together as a whole, and I also work with regimes for nutrition and herbs, and uh, getting people in the specific regime that they need, which is you know probiotics and enzymes. If you're rebuilding, your well, you know what, system. we're going to talk about your health work on another show. But I wanted okay. to ask you when we. I know you gave me a few examples. So let's say a person had a really bad trauma in their life, like a car accident or someone tried to kill them or something like that. How might that get their personality stuck and manifest as an animal that you'd be kind of helping okay. them with? 
Do you know what I mean? Okay, I'll explain with a trauma. So there was maybe there was a trauma before a person could speak, like pre-verbal trauma. And this is when it most often is really difficult to heal something because when there's a child, a baby that can't talk, how are they going to store that information? They can't store it in words. So they store it in in images or in um, these forms. And we do it throughout life, but pre-verbal is more, in, is more difficult for a healer to access unless they use forms. So, like, I've seen, you know, anything from a bear scratching away and, and causing pain on the side of the body someone can feel inside. And then um, most recently I was working and I saw a rhinoceros and an angry rhinoceros and um, it was, you know, hurting the individual, but it was a, it was a pre-verbal imprint. So before the, the the child could speak, and that's the memory of this trauma that happened. It got translated basically into a into a rhinoceros, and then it caused all sorts of health issues, like blocking healing, and caused a lot of issues in the immune system following that for you know 20 years. So this person identified that back there, that rhinoceros is causing this this um, immune system issues, but why is it doing it? It's doing it because of control or power. I can't remember. It was getting the control and power, and we helped this animal, this imprint, understand that there was a way it didn't need, there's a way that it wouldn't have to do this anymore, and it wouldn't have to work so hard to get that control and power. And then it, it does... Um, change and mature and it will allow the body to heal. But the interesting thing was is that um, how do you get past a rhinoceros? <laughs> you know, if you're trying to heal and, and get Fire. better and Fire. Fire is the only way. But you know what? Rhinos are, well, you know what? Rhinos are the only animals in nature that put out fires. If you light mm-hmm. a fire, it will run over and stomp it out. So you don't wow. chase it with fire. You actually light a little campfire, then back off. Yeah. It'll move out of your... But they're super fast, like super, so fast, like almost yeah. cheetah fast. They're crazy fast, wow. vehicle fast and tough. So <laughs> I don't know how you get around him. Yeah, no, and, and that's what he felt like. Like I just, I was working on this individual. I was like, this thing is huge. Like how, I can't get around it. There's no way. And, and it was just, it was a battle every other way, every other healer. It was just like we don't know what's going on. How do we get this? We know there's something from this point, that point in this person's life. And we just, I just focused in on it. And there was this rhinoceros and he was huge. And yeah, it was the funny thing. I was just like, how do you get around it? Obviously you can't, but we talked to it and it's basically talking to these imprints and these forms. And it can be anything. Like I've seen, I've seen beautiful bright light pegasuses come swooping in. I've seen thunderbirds and the thunderbirds have carried us through a journey and, and helped us change and transform things in, in individuals' lives. But I mean, I've seen a mountain goat walking mm-hmm. around and, nice. you know, unstable. <laughs> uh, but it's, 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 it's exciting to see these things. Yeah. People, uh. people do change. And then after that, you know, it's actually monitoring things medically. That's where I get confirmation. I mean, it's not just, okay, my symptoms are changing, things are getting better. It's like, I've seen people come back and say, okay, my cancer tests are now clear, right? Like my IgEs have dropped and I'm not responding to these allergens anymore. You know, wow. um, 
Yeah, like the... Well, the, okay, the so we're going to talk about that on another show coming up soon. So if you are listening to the okay. show and you're thinking, I want to hear more about Laura Cook's healing, then you can on the very next episode to post on Bat Life Radio because we're going to do it very, very soon. So everybody, that was Laura Cook, registered holistic allergist, and she's got a bunch of other titles. Do you want to give them another title or two, Laura? Certified Nutrition <laughs> Consultant. There we go. A body talk. I do a body talk. I'm a body talk practitioner. I'm not certified yet because it takes a bit of time and I live sort of up north so I can't get into the classes right away but that will be soon and you live up north with your bad naughty dog and on our (laughs) next show we're going to talk about healing and we're also going to talk about your naughty dog because I'm going to give you pet advice and anybody listening anytime you've got a dog question cat question cat isn't behaving the way he should maybe he's scratching your ankles or he doesn't like your new husband or your dog hates your cat or your dog's eating the litter disgusting or maybe your dog won't come at the park or maybe your dog's like laura's and it just wants to wander away so yeah call me when i'm on the show or send me an email and we'll arrange for you to call and we'll get you on air or we can just read out your email i'm happy to do that you can also find me on facebook deborah wolf pet expert on facebook and I'm Animal Deb on Twitter. I Twitter funny things. Yes, I do. <laughs> Sarcastic, funny things, comparing animals to people. You'll like it. I also Twitter the topics of this show. So, yeah, you'll, you won't get inundated with tweets from me. Just a couple a week, usually on Meow Mondays and Woof Wednesdays. If you don't already know about that, that's where you want to be if you're a pet lover on Twitter. Meow Monday. Wolf Wednesday. Check it out. Okay, everybody. So we're going to talk with Laura Cook again on the very next episode. Tune in for that. And in the meantime, if you want to find her, you can go to thewayoflaura.com. Thewayoflaura.com. Thanks very much, Laura. Talk to you at the next show. Okay, everybody. So be good to your animals. Until next time, that was Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.